0: Welcome back to the Strictly Footy Podcast, boys, or as we like to call the Monday night segment with Jared only the 10 in the Bim podcast. Sorry for the confusion last week uh, and the misunderstanding. This will be a weekly podcast with only me. Same with Tom. He'll do his own uh, throughout the week sometime, but I'm going to keep mine to Monday. So you'll have the Tuesday podcast, the Teamless Tuesday podcast, which uh, drops on Wednesdays, usually, you get our live reactions through Teamless, then Tom will post at some point throughout the week, and then you'll get mine on Monday after the footy. Um, so, if there's anything interesting to talk about throughout the week, then uh, I can go through that on the Monday after the footy round. Um, today, we're going to be going through a little bit of a controversy controversy corner, Um so I have two snippets from podcasts here, um, one from the SEN podcast uh, with Corey Parker talking about an idea uh, for the NRL, and I've got one of Paul McGregor talking about his time uh, with the St. George Illawarra Dragons, now um, that was via the, the Byround podcast with uh, James Graham. So, um, if you haven't gone and checked them out, it's definitely worth a listen, uh, especially the Paul McGregor one. He goes into some of the issues that the Saints are having right now and um, perhaps how they should be going about things or what, what, what he thinks they're doing wrong. It's a really good listen. Go check them out. And then to finish off, I'm just going to give you my five predictions. Um, Heading into finals, uh, surrounding finals, uh, premierships, the last two rounds, etc. So, um, yep, stay tuned to the end for that. Some of them are going to be controversial. Some of them are pretty simple. Um, Go-tos that most most people would have the same view as me. But without further ado, let's get into this Corey Parker podcast on SEN. Now, I'm going to be honest, Corey. I know you're probably not listening, but this is one of the worst ideas that I have ever heard. I think the NRL should be focusing purely on consistency of the referee and getting the rules right, getting the game right before we even think about adding something like this. But I did think it was an interesting take nonetheless. Um, I will be pausing it uh, halfway through uh, just to dissect a little bit of what he's saying. Uh, it does drag on for a little bit, but... Um, yeah, here we go. Um, I will just play, play the video into the mic.
1: Each team throughout the NRL season has one Joker card. Yep. Okay. The Joker card consists of you must nominate the Joker card on the Tuesday when the teams are announced, which yep. is standard at the moment. Uh, when you go into that game, you must win by 10 points. If you win by 10 points, you get four points. Okay, if you win by six points and have nominated the Joker card, zero points.
0: All right, now, Corey, Corey, Corey. Now, his idea at face value isn't bad, but is it what the NRL should be focusing on right now? I don't think it is. A Joker card, which you nominate on Tuesday, and you are basically saying... We're going to win by 10 or more points. And then you get one per season. So if you win that game, you get four points, four competition points instead of the two competition points, but you have to win by 10 that game. If you don't win by 10 or you lose, you will receive zero points for that game. Now... Like I said, at face value, is it a good idea? Would it spice up the competition? Yes. Is it something we need? I don't think so. Um, we'll let it keep playing, but I, I just I don't I don't get the argument. What? Why would it be ten points? And uh, that's basically just coming in and saying we're gonna smash you this week. And teams would always use it against the bottom teams. So I I don't. I don't know if it really makes sense but I'm going to I'm going to continue letting him talk and I uh, will see what he has to say.
1: Okay. okay. You don't have to play your joker card. So you could go the whole season and not play a joker card. Yep. Throughout the origin period, so from rounds whenever origin is, 10 to say 17, no joker card can be played. So, for example, if you're the Cowboys at current state right now, and you are playing, the you know next week, and you're desperate to make the eight. You may play your joker card, but right. from a, a spectator's point of view, on the Tuesday, for example, if the Broncos are playing uh, the Titans and they fancy themselves and they play the joker card, yep. well, if you're the Titans, you're sitting there going, "Oh, well, these guys up the road think they're going to smash us by more than ten points." Right. So it generates a fair bit of hype from the.
0: Now, does he make a valid point? Again, at face value, yes. It's clear he's thought this through. Obviously, you're going to be missing those origin periods um, where you can't play the Joker card because obviously teams like, let's say, the Penrith Panthers are going to be shot to bits. Even the Manly Seagulls, no Turbo, no DCA, no Jerbo, etc. Everyone's going to use it then. But his point about, all right, if you're the Cowboys now in the position that you are, You would use it because you need that four points to make the eight. Whereas my argument is no, probably not, because every team is just gonna use it on whoever's coming last in the ladder. Oh yeah, round three. We got the Bulldogs this week, we got the Tigers this week, we got the dragons this week, yeah, we'll take it now. Where else wait? They got some injuries as well. We'll take it now. No one's gonna be holding it until round twenty seven. Like, oh, we may not need to use it. Mm, you know what? And then he's saying, all right, it's going to generate a little bit of hype around the game because you got rivals going at it. Someone uses their Joker card. That almost like f- puts fuel on the fire. But no, everyone, like I said, is just going to use it against the Bulldogs this year, for example, or just use it against the Dragons this year, for example, or the Tigers. I don't think it's going to work out in the way that he's thinking it will because who in their right mind would use it against the titans when they're playing the doggies in the next week you know what i'm saying the titans are in some good performances this week they're definitely not wrong sorry not this week this year definitely not rollovers but i'll let it I'll, that's my take on that little bit we'll let him keep talking media point of view we talk
1: about it all week oh Kevin walters has let the joker card go and it generates a fair bit of hype but in the game if you only win by eight, zero points to the winner. See, so that's what I don't like. Well, you, you, don't nominate it then. Yeah, if okay. you don't like it, don't right. nominate your joker card, but you don't have to play. It. You could, you could, you could roll into round one and play your joker yeah. card and get off to a flyer, or you could hold it to round 26 or 27 and then play your joker card and elevate or leapfrog potentially. Yeah, a team to jump into the semi-finals. i well, see the Cowboys would use this in the uh, next. They few would weeks. use there in the next in the next couple of weeks. But if it was just oh, a, 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 run, it a, a run a run of the mill powerful. game, it'd generate this great hype and this great sort of you know, interest in what could just be a normal run yeah. of the mill round game.
0: All right, that was the end of that one. Joker cards. Let us know down in the comments. I think it's a, I think it's a big miss. To be honest, I think even if it was a good idea and thought through. I don't think the it is what the NRL needs to be focusing on right now. I mean but neither's Vegas. So you know what? The NRL will probably look at that and go, you know what, that'd probably be a good idea too. So um hit or miss, that's my take on that one. We'll head over to the James Graham podcast where Paul McGregor was actually saying some shocking things about the Dragons and I don't think that that video will get to enough of an audience so i just want to share this around and dragons fans listening really take really take this in because this just shows the severity of the dysfunction at that club so um i'll just play that for you guys now
2: i honestly thought at the time well it's not going to make much change i'm the coach the assistant coaches will just pretty well, well we'll have a chat prior to it and we'll go in and Things will be done, pretty similar to what they've been done. Then Benny Irani had to be in the me like in the in the room. That went back to what, what do you mean? Like so, well, he was the the a mediator yeah, to to the board. Yeah.
1: So it's between yourself, um, Dean Young, and Shane Flanagan. Yep. Shane Flanagan. So three so, selections. So you go. Okay. So Benny would go. Name your fullback. Dufty, Lomax the side and vote goes to Whoever's or
2: did you go here's my 17 here's my... Oh, i'd have a discussion before we go in the room but the
0: so straight away what he's saying is he's the coach of a team and he isn't picking his one through 17 and then the reserves he doesn't have full say over it there is a board of selectors there is a panel of selectors at the Dragons and yes, McGregor gets to put his input. He gets to say, "How, all right, my fullback this week would be Tyrell Sloan or as, because this was an old interview or McGregor at the time he was coaching, all right, my fullback this week is Matt Dufty and he gets to say that but then Dean Young, who's not, not even the coach, he's the assistant coach, then there's a bunch of panel guys could say, no, we want Tyrell Sloan. And it's based off whoever has the most votes that week. And it's not its not just Paul McGregor. The coach, the actual coach of the team, who's do, running his drills at training, um, finding who fits his system the best and whatever. And he's not even allowed to pick his own team. So, regardless, we'll keep listening. But that just straight away, massive red flags at the Dragons.
2: Whatever happened in that room, so if it was 2-1, it was 2-1. wasn't always the team that I wanted. So that was that was very hard to sort of own the result but don't own the process of who should and shouldn't be playing. And, was and, was there any-
0: and, and there you go again. So he was expected, as the coach of the Dragons, to own the result. Like, yeah, all right, we won this week. I, I coached well. And more often than not for the Dragons, unfortunately, it was a loss. So he has to take the pressure on him saying, oh, McGregor's not performing well, Um, McGregor's not coaching this team to wins, and in reality, he's not picking his own team. He's only getting one third of a say in it, in his team. So just straight away, just pure dysfunction at the Dragons. How, How can you take that away from your coach? Not only take the selection process away from the coach, but then expect him to take the fall if if it's not working. What I would love to know is if he if that team started winning games, would he be the one? Would he be the one, it? or would the Dragons board then come out and say all this and be like, nah, this, this is for us," but no, because they're losing. Paul McGregor's had to take the blame.
1: Should, they should, should be was, was there any well? big of so big decisions that went against you? that you can recall? Yeah. They're only doing their job,
2: so It's yeah. not, no, on, I, it's not I, on them I, guys. No, no, you no. Know.
1: Like, it's, a, it's okay to have a difference <clears throat> of opinion. That's fine. But mm. was, was there was there a call that you can remember where it was like, well, I want this play, person playing in this position? Absolutely.
2: In the beginning, I thought, you know what? i like, just go with it. And then as the weeks went on, um, it sort of, I suppose, I, I just got more and more uncomfortable. And because I'd have to talk to the player. Where the change was changed, and it had to be on me. It couldn't be on anyone else, it, on the coach. So, I'd have to make the I'd have to make the um, initial conversation of why the change was made, even though.
0: So let's say, let's say when Lomax was dropped this week, when Anthony Griffin dropped Lomax. Let's say Paul McGregor was in that situation. What he's saying is, is he could have been like, "Yeah, I want Lomax as my center this week." And Dean Young and whoever the other person in the panel was could go, no, nah, we want uh, Tata Moga to fill in at centre this week. And both of them said that. And then Paul McGregor was outranked 2-1. to one. Outranked 2-1. to one, And then he has to, because because he's the coach, it's all on him, he then has to go, hey, hey Zach, you dropped this week. Zach's now blowing up. Why? Paul McGregor doesn't have answers for him. But he has to take that on as coach. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't think you are playing great. Um, I don't think you are playing good, consistent footy. And give him all these reasons that he doesn't actually believe in. Because he has to come up with a reason as to why Zach Lomax has been dropped. Well, he doesn't know why Zach Lomax has been dropped. Because he would have picked him that week. But he can't say that. Because he had to take that pressure on as the coach. So... Oh mate, I don't think I've ever heard something as cooked as this in management. And then you add to the fact of how they've treated Ben Hunt and ex- just how they've run their club for the past few years. It's beyond me how they're still how they're still surviving and how they haven't had a spoon.
2: It's not entirely what I wanted, and I'm not as you know I'm a person that likes things straight up. So, um. Yeah, you wear the bruises. Sometimes you what you don't really want. That was difficult, and then and then it got to a stage where the a few of the players were leaving, like yourself. You you went overseas, and we had a few blokes that didn't have our roster full. Um, and players were starting to ask me what's going on with the with, you know the words are out. The selection panel are you making decisions, or the, is the group making decisions? Um, who's coming into the side? Who's replacing you when you left? And I didn't have any answers, mate. So.
0: So, that's, that's Paul McGregor talking on the Dragons. So, any Dragons fans listening, I hope you're very concerned about that. And, um, yeah, the, I don't believe that signing a new coach in Shane Finnegan's really going to change much. Ben Hunt still wants out. Yeah, I think the Dragons are in for a few, a few very long years, and they just lost Bud Sullivan too. So, we'll see how it goes for them. But that's my little controversy corner um, thing. I've just heard they've honestly just popped up on my feed and i've listened to them and gone that is corked on both of them and just thought i'd share it with you guys i want to hear your thoughts uh put it in our comment section dm us let us know uh, we love interacting with you guys um as always if you haven't followed uh, give us a follow um and just interact with our posts if you disagree give us a serve in the comments we, do, we don't care we love love getting in a good debate um, and yeah just just interact with us we love it i um, gonna get into my five predictions for finals football now there's not a lot of predictions that you can make over two rounds but this is what I've gone with uh, some of them controversial some of them not so controversial Going to start with a not-so-controversial one, and that is for the Penrith Panthers to 3 P. Now, I think they've got the minor premiership wrapped up. They just need to win these last two weeks against... Um, they have the Cowboys in the last round, and this week they're playing the Parramatta Eels. So I think they should do that. Should They should get the minor premiership wrapped up. And they've done this with Liam Martin missing a significant amount of time. Taylor May was out for the season. Um, just guys here and there missing time. Cleary missed six six weeks or so. Um, Todd has been rested here and there. Crichton's been rested here and there. Luai's been rested here and there. Edwards has been rested here and there. So, I think the Panthers are untouchable again this year. The one team I thought could beat them isn't faring as well as I thought they would. I do think the Broncos... Probably just need another season or two until they're there, and that's very sad because they've got Herbie Farnworth and Thomas Flegler on their way out. Not that they don't have beasts to come in and replace them, but, um, yeah, I think the Broncos, if if they had hit this form maybe last year, and this was their third season on the try, I could see them beating Penrith, but uh, I think it would take a major upset if Penrith were to lose um, to the Broncos, and I don't think anyone else will really challenge the Panthers, uh there's too much finals experience there, too much grand final experience, too much big game experience as a whole. So I think the Penrith Panthers are prime to three Pete. They're slowly becoming one of the better teams of all time. Uh they're starting to create a dynasty and yeah, players are leaving but far out. They got juniors for days coming through, so I find it hard to believe that um Penrith are going to fall off anytime soon for any of you Penrith haters, but I've got them 3 repeating, and that is my first prediction. My second one is where it gets spicy. Now, this could be my most out there one, but make no mistake, the Sydney Roosters have been poor this year. Signings have not worked out, they've had injuries. Some of their star players like Manu, Tedesco, Swali, they haven't been at their best. But make no mistake, the Sydney Roosters, clip this right now, the Sydney Roosters will be, will feature in the preliminary finals at minimum. Now they're sitting 10th. Nobody gave them a hope in hell at making the eight, even in the last two weeks. But you know what? Right now, they're sitting 10th. On 28 points. This week, they have the Tigers. They'll take that one. South have the bye. South are also on 28 points. So they head into the last round. Tied on points. For a spot in the eight. They play each other. With no Luttrell. Do you really think a team of the Sydney Roosters' calibre, a club of the Sydney Roosters' calibre, is going to pass up that opportunity? I don't think so. And that actually leads into my third pick, which I'll just get out of the way now. I'll keep talking about my second pick. But that obviously means South Sydney missed the eight. Now, I think Tom had them as his minor premiers this year. And I thought they'd be so good as well. But soon as Latrell went down with that calf injury, Blake Taft came in wasn't looking the best. See, dropped. Their form dropped and it hasn't recovered even with Latrell back. So, I think they're in big trouble and they need to aim up in this Roosters game. But, um, yeah, I think whichever team makes it should be in the preliminary finals. I think it'll be the Roosters, obviously, because Latrell is out for that round 27 game. There'll be a lot of pressure on young Taft. Not that he hasn't dealt with that before. But the Roosters, mate. Still is supposed to be back. Angus Crichton is back now. Um Connor Watson will be back. So there, there's your nine. You can bring Brandon Smith off the bench because he isn't working the best at nine for the Roosters. Uh you got Sawali back on the wing where he hasn't been most of the year. Got Manu back in the in the sixth jersey. I know Hutchinson's had a few good games, but you get Sam Walker back. And um with all these guys back in. They start to look like the team they were at the start of the season, on paper at least. I know their form hasn't been great, but far out. Come finals, you really think Tedesco is going to have some shockers like he has been this year? He's finding his feet. He's finding some form these last few rounds. I think the Roosters will be a very scary team. Now, how I've done it on the ladder predictor is I ended up... Having the Roosers facing the Raiders in the first round. I had the Roosters winning. Then they had to play the Warriors in the second round. I had them winning again. Now, don't get me wrong. The Warriors have been great this year. They just don't have the finals experience yet. And I think teams like this, teams like the Warriors, they've had a breakout year, yes. But they tend to... Have a rough finals series. Like the Sharks last year, The finals experience just isn't there. But they'll be back. They'll come back next year and they'll have more finals experience. They'll do better. But I think sometimes when a team has been out of the finals for a little bit and they're finally back in it, they can have a little bit of a rough time. I think the Roosters will beat the Warriors. and Boom, they're in the prelim. Just like that. So, prediction number two, the Sydney Roosters will be in the preliminary final. Uh, I rattled you off my number three is that South would miss the eight. My number four, Canberra fans, if you are listening, frauds. The Canberra Raiders are not a top eight team this year. Now, they'll make the eight, but they have had a piss-easy draw. They're yet to beat a team by more than 10 points. Their biggest win was 12 points last week against the Bulldogs. 10 points against the Dragons. Now They've shown glimpses over the season of being a decent team. Obviously, that Broncos game at the start of the year, very good. Obviously, the Cronulla game at the start of the year, very good. Obviously, it was without Nico Hines. But still, you can only play what's in front of you. But the Raiders over the rest of the year have been very inconsistent. They're only just beating teams that they really should be putting away and they're getting smoked the likes of Melbourne the likes of Penrith they are not fit to be in the top 8 and obviously I think the Roosters should be there over them I think the Cowboys deserve to be there over them I'd argue Manly deserve to be there over them the Raiders just aren't there this, week, this year they've just had a very very easy draw so that brings me to my prediction whoever has them in game 1 in the finals because they're not going to be top 4 they'll be 5 5, six, seven, or 8. Whoever gets him game 1 is, is going through. And I don't think it'll be close. They'll go through 13 plus. I'm sorry to Raiders fans because you guys had a, a pretty decent amount of hype coming into this season. Obviously, you just come off beating Melbourne in the semifinals last year. I don't think Hutto Young has backed up his season as well as he uh, finished last year. I don't think Jack Whiten... Has been great. Uh, for At origin, he's usually good. But at club level the last few years, since winning his Dallium, he's been very up and down, inconsistent. I don't think he's the guy that you need leading you forward. Seb Chris, while well, he's he's done a lot better than I thought he would at fullback, he's definitely a better centre. Um, then you just got a f- few forwards that are ageing. Like... Horsburgh has been a shining light. I think Fogarty and Timikov have been good as well. But I just think you need a little bit, a few more years of development. Especially with the Whiten going, you're going to need to bring a six up. I believe Uh, it'll be Sanders uh, who you guys have brought over. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot to look forward to. Strange will come through the system as well. Chevy Stewart. Give it a few more years, you guys will be there, but I just don't think you're ready to compete with anyone in a semi finals uh, arena this season. So I think whoever gets the Raiders will beat them 13 plus. And I know that's disrespectful to say, but it's just my thoughts. And the last one Sean Johnson, the resurgence, will win the Dalian medal. Now how good is that? Especially for Warriors fans. We have we thought Sean Johnson was gone he had a lot of injuries, lost a bit of his speed, lost a bit of his um athleticism and you know what he had a few down years at Cronulla and he had a few down years at the Warriors even. But he has come back this year and I honestly think he's been the best. He's been the best player in the comp this season. By a long shot. And the reason I think you will win Dally M is over at the Warriors, he's in their wins, he's always their best player. There is not a lot of people taking points off him. At Melbourne, especially Melbourne over the past few years, you've got guys like Munster who could have been the best in the game over the whole season. But you've got guys like Pappenhausen, Grant, Hughes, all taking points off him. And Brandon Smith, even um, while he was there, was taking points off him. So it was hard to be a Melbourne player and win the M But SJ, some standouts, Dalmatani's a Lesniak, but you, wingers don't usually get M points. AFB will be up there. but There's really no one taking points off Johnson, not to take away from his M season. It's similar to Nico Hines last year. There's just no one, no one in the Sharks team that was taking points off him in their wins, even when they were playing average. Now that's not taking away from Johnson, He's been great this year. Definitely deserves the EM. And I think you get it. And it's a little bit of a slap in the face to me because at the start of this year, I thought he was going to be in reserve grade come the end of it. Honestly thought they looked a lot better with Tamari Martin and Luke Metcalf in the halves. And that's just blown up in my face. So, um, yeah, two predictions that have gone to absolute waste. Obviously, I remember that preseason photo we got of Sean Johnson just jacked. And everyone was like, oh, this means it's the Warriors' year. Like, everyone was joking. But my God, it has literally been the Warriors' year. So, Sean Johnson, dalian medal. That's how I think it'll be. That's the end of my five, um, my five predictions. I hope you enjoyed the Superpod today. We're going to wrap it up just on about half an hour, uh, which I think is a good time for the Superpods. Let me know. Uh, through the DMs, whether you think uh, these Super Pods should be shorter or longer. I don't mind. Whatever you guys want, I'm happy to provide. Stay blessed, guys. Have a good one. Let me know your thoughts. Down in the comments, there will be a post of my five predictions, and we'll come back and see how they went um, after the season. Stay blessed, boys.